morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. <laughs> and hello to you guys. Yes, hello to all. This is The Swamp. The Swamp is an acronym. <laughs> Stands for some wack-ass movie podcasting. Like, nine out of ten times I do forget to do an intro until we're, like, seven minutes in, and then I'm like, oh, uh, shit, th- this, is, this is the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm Darren, I'm Emily, like, <laughs> just whipping so, through. if you're new here, welcome. And if you're not new, that is, which is probably the case, then uh, also welcome. Yeah. Thanks we're for coming back. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for coming back to listen to us talk about this whack-ass fucking movie today, really living up to our the, the title of this show, <laughs> some whack-ass movie podcasting. This is perhaps our whackest movie yet. You think? I mean, whack in, like, several, on several layers. Yeah, no, it like, is... Like, surface level whack, but also, like, deeply... <laughs> deeply whack. fucked. <laughs> fucked. Yeah, it's actually... It's, the perfect analogy is that this movie is a jawbreaker of fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you don't know how to read, today we'll be covering the 2005 rendition of charlie and the chocolate factory the one from the 70s is called willy wonka and the chocolate factory so there is a a titular difference but the book by Roald Dahl is called charlie and the chocolate factory Mm. so it was actually the first movie that deviated from that that title um but so yeah the 2005 um johnny depp tim burton tim burton (laughs) uh charlie and the chocolate factory and December is the month that it is here, and we try to do themes, but honestly, these themes are getting weaker and weaker each month. We're going to have to go, like, really strong in January with Mm -hmm. something, because uh, this month's theme is movies where there is snow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I think it it definitely is a stretch, but this movie does still give me Christmassy, like, holiday vibes. Yeah, because we it's didn't about family, do... and there's yeah. like you know, it's like there's sweet. candy. Yeah, there's candy. It works. Uh, but <laughs> we really were not trying to do like holiday uh, even movies. like I was gonna say not even just Christmas, but just like holiday movies to do five because there are five Wednesdays mm-hmm. this month to do five was just gonna get so old so fast, and I'm sure y'all weren't gonna want to hear it. So we're like, well, what's the next step out? <laughs> and like like no uh, snow. It is snowing here in Syracuse. Is there any snow in uh, Massachusetts right now? Um, there's I know there's snow in Massachusetts because I was just there yesterday. I'm currently in Connecticut and there Connecticut. is zero snow. All right, it's like constantly. Like powder puff snowing, but none of it's sticking to the ground, which is Gross. kind of oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that is um, nice. But it it is going to start sticking soon, I believe. Like I I have to clean off my car in the morning, but like there's still nothing on the ground. Type beat. Uh. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's my snow update. That's my weather <laughs> update. I, each at the at the top of each snow based episode, I'll update y'all on the fucking upstate New York snow situation. I'm sure you're enthralled to hear about it. <laughs> you're genuinely because I know it gets like really fucked up there in terms of snow. So I just know you're in for it by the end of the month. Oh, I know. So right now on an inch on an inch and a one to ten scale, I'm gonna put myself at like a zero, but will for snow. So we'll we'll see how this progresses. But there is so for some reason the snow in this movie really sticks out to me, and I wasn't like sure why. But then it was the final shot of the like sugar duster mm. dusting the house yeah. that I was like, oh, that's why this movie like came immediately. We we're like, oh, snow theme, and I was like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, duh, mm-hmm. which is 
maybe not what you would first associate this movie with is the climate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, here's the thing, is I certainly wouldn't associate it with, like, location, like, being in England, because here's my thing is, I don't know where the fuck this movie takes place because of all of the different accents. Yes, okay, date-wise, time-wise, location-wise, makes no, idea. No, fuck, no fucking sense, and I think that must be on purpose, but it's... Uh, all the buckets have like England English accents, mm-hmm. right? So you're like they must be in like London or something, yeah. right? Let's just greater greater UK area. Uh-huh. But Willy Wonka, American. His father though, British. British. <laughs> like in that scene and, where where he goes and he actually finds the the golden ticket in the chocolate bar, shop owner and Charlie, British. All the other people that are like yammering at him for the golden ticket, American. I don't understand. And I I get the whole, like, impoverished, like, house situation that the Bucket family is in. But, like, from that scenery alone, if you told me to guess what year this movie was set in, I would have said at the (laughs) latest, like, 1935, maybe. (laughs) And then, no, Mike TV is fucking over here playing Call of Duty. What? (laughs) I have no idea because it literally looks like the Industrial Revolution just happened. Right? In England. right? They like don't have electricity in their house, but I no. mean, I get it. They're supposed to be dirt fucking poor, but st- even just all over the place, like Augustus Gloop's dad is like a butcher, which is also giving me like early 1900s vibes. Just like I don't. It's just very jarring and confusing. The Nut Factory, the industrialization has. Altered the toothpaste factory, but not the nut factory. He still has all those women in like candy striper outfits crushing nuts. He what, just, what fucking year is it? He just seems like <laughs> he that man. He just seems like he likes misogyny. Yeah, yeah, he's rich enough to just like fuel his own. Like yes, and then the nut ladies come in and they're stripy nut outfits and they crush nuts all day. <laughs> this is business. <laughs> He's a real traditional man. <laughs> um, but so I guess if we want to get into a little bit of a summary, if you haven't seen this film, it's kind of a classic. I feel like I know I had to read the book in first grade. Like our, my teacher like read it to us. Have you never read the book? No, didn't have to. I was also I was a huge Roald Dahl fan as a kid for sure. You Matilda, seem like one. the witches, yeah, for sure. Um, even Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator, which was the sequel to this book. Ooh, um, I didn't know that. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, I knew how to read as a child. Um, <laughs> but if you're not familiar with this story, what, who, what? Um, but it's pretty, because the, the 70s movie is, like, totally a classic, iconic, if your parents didn't, like, force you to watch that at some point, being like, Gene Wilder. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but... <laughs> But I also, I really liked this movie as a kid. I like, it was one of those, we had it on DVD and I like wore it down until it didn't work anymore type beat. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) But Um, essentially the plot is that Charlie Bucket's dirt fucking poor Freddie Highmore, little ass, and his parents, Helena Boehm Carter and that guy from Game of Thrones, and also the four grandparents that hang out in bed together because they're all immobile, so we think. And they're they're very poor. The dad loses his job at the toothpaste factory because of uh, machinery, industrialization, I guess. 
uh, what, yeah, what, what year is it? I don't know. And then they're like, oh, Charlie, you can get a chocolate bar for your birthday. And also, Willy Wonka is doing a thing because he's crazy and he <laughs> closed the doors to his factory 10 years ago. But now he's going to let five children from all over the world come. And you have to find the golden ticket to come. And so fucking crazily, five white kids find these golden tickets what are the fucking odds pretty let's do the unbelievably low (laughs) very very slim um and so five different kids from quote unquote all over the world i think two of them are from america two of them are from england and one of them is from germany yeah no that's exactly what it is Okay, um, and so they get to go into the chocolate factory, which is ooky kooky, wacky, quirky. Johnny Depp has a bowl cut, and then each kid, but not Charlie because he is g- good, represents like a bad trait of ch- a child. Uh, I mean, I guess Pete just human negative human traits <laughs> and each of them uh doesn't die but comes close to it in a way that reflects their worst trait so augustus is a little greedy fucker and he falls into the chocolate river oh my god and then he's so fat he gets stuck in a pipe that's so hilarious and then so on and so forth until the only one left is charlie and then willy wonka's like oh my god you won the prize you get the whole factory but you have to never see your family again because i have daddy issues and then there, and then Charlie was like, "I'm all set." And then one day down the road, he's shining his shoes, and he was like, "Mr. Wonka, let's unpack that trauma." <laughs> and he says, "Let's go visit your dentist father, and let's just talk it out. I will mediate. I will therapize this session." And then they go. He gets his little cavities filled, and his dad, fucking Christopher British, Lee, Christopher Lee. I want to say Christopher Plummer, but he's even older. Um, I was like two steps off. Uh, but Christopher Lee is the dad, weirdly dentist dad, and then uh, Johnny Depp makes amends, get, and then they become business partners. He becomes business partners with a child, and uh, suddenly the Bucket family can afford steak. The end. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about how incredibly emotionally intelligent Charlie is for like a ten year old? Right, yeah. Is he is he supposed to be ten? I, I don't that, know. That, that I'm just Ken? guessing. He seems, he seems around it. I can't yeah, like, I can't differentiate the different ages of children, so I'm always like ten is like solid. Anywhere between four and fourteen, probably. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like Freddie Highmore is always one of those ones who looked a little he was like, you know, a late bloomer so he could always maybe play a little younger yeah. like if you looked at, this is not factual in any way shape or form but if you looked this up and told me he was like 15 in this i would have been like okay well now like, i want to know out. how old he is or was in this i know he actually he just got married like this past year he's like, which is crazy he's like 30 uh, and this came out oh five. <laughs> oh my god he was like 15 he's like 14 yeah oh my god i'm right i'm so right <laughs> oh wow because he was in this in 2005, and I think this was maybe one of the first, like, bigger things he did, because then after this, he was in that movie August Rush, and then he got a couple other... He was, like, a pretty prominent child actor mm-hmm. in, in this time, I Yeah, feel. the Spiderwick Chronicles and all that stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like him and anna Sophia Robb, who plays Vi- Violet Beauregard, are, like, the same flavor of child actor, right? Like, like she's hitting Bridge to Terabithia, he's hitting Spiderwick Chronicles, they're doing the most, and then they, like, 
are kind of stable as they grow yeah. up. Like, neither of them ever were, like, in the tabloids being unhinged or anything, right? Yeah. I feel like they both, like, kind of, like, settled down, too, a bit. Like, since then, he's done, like, the Bates Motel, and now he's, like, doing The Good Doctor and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I was gonna say, I know he's the good... I've never watched that show, but yeah. I feel like I see cable ads for it all the time. Um... I guess good for Freddie Highmore. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I hope he's doing all right. <laughs> I, th- um, I, th- I think he's doing. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> oh yeah, he he is like weirdly emotionally intelligent because <laughs> he is like, first of all, if I was given a factory and they're like never see your family again, and I was ten, I would have been like, bye. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, maybe that's not true. I appreciated and loved my family a lot, but still, most ten year olds, I feel like, would yeah, be like, he he didn't even. I'm out of here. He didn't even have an ounce of temptation he was like nope not gonna happen like do you know yeah. do you, like most 10 year olds would have to like make like a pros and cons list yeah. <laughs> and also the way he like shares the chocolate bar with his yeah, they're like right. this is your birthday gift you get one a year and they're like you don't have to share it and he's like it's my gift and i'll share it if i want to and i'm like that's something that most adults would not even do no, exactly <laughs> <laughs> that kid has the soul of like a 60 year old man it's probably because he's he's grown up around just four (laughs) the oldest people the four guinness world record holders of the oldest people alive in order (laughs) can we okay because one thing i know that a lot of people talk about can we unpack grandpa joe really quick oh my god the the grandpa joe controversy Fuck Grandpa Joe, my homies hate Grandpa Joe type B is like the biggest commentary on this movie ever. And yes, the motherfucker just, okay, I will say though, everyone's like, he could have been working and he was just sitting in that bed. But I'm like, the fucker's still like 90. Just because he can stand for a little bit does not mean that this man should be on the job. Give give him some credit. He does a little dance. (laughs) (laughs) But this is like perhaps the best news he's received in several decades yeah. so i i would do a i would get a surge of endorphins and do a bit of a jig as well i'm not i'm not a grandpa joe apologist because <laughs> fuck grandpa joe but um yeah i will say he really just gave no ounce of effort into leaving that bed until it suited himself here's the thing is <laughs> that i'm the same way <laughs> <laughs> So I can understand. But also, yeah, it was the whole thing of, like, just because he's nine, like, he can move doesn't mean he can be working. That man breaks a hip on the job. He's done. Yeah. Right. Um, But also, I feel like Willy Wonka should have employed both Charlie and Grandpa Joe. Because Grandpa Joe had a lot of insights about the candy industry. You know, let's not leave out the older generation's voice. They're perhaps probably some of the largest spenders, the largest spending generation on on something like that. We, we can leave them out when it comes to politics, but definitely not candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Joe does not have the right to vote, but he does have the right to decide the next flavor of Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> exactly. I do love, though, I love the dynamic between the four grandparents. Um, and I think it comes through definitely a little bit better in this movie. I, I think you can definitely compare the two. 
Um, but I think Johnny Depp in an interview said once, he said, it's not a remake of the movie, it's a new adaptation of the book, mm-hmm. which I really like that answer, because it's true. There's a source material, and I think it's doing new things with it, and I don't think it should necessarily be compared, because to me, the 70s one is like, it's the Gene Wilder show, you know? Yeah. And it's just, like, him being fucking amazing for the duration of the movie. And I think this one maybe tells a more deep and comprehensive story. I will say some of the little side quests and little flashbacky bits um, do not do it for me. I just want to know why on earth Tim Burton said, you know what this story is missing? An absurd amount of daddy issues. <laughs> Like, is he just telling... Well, yeah. Does he just have... The childhood flashbacks? No. Okay, well, I know that the um, the headgear bit was based off of his li- personal life That's experience. what I was wondering. I was wondering. I was like, did he just take this from his own, like, childhood? Is he just yeah. working through... Think- did he just work through, like, a lot of shit with this movie? Is that why he made this? Right. So it, I don't think it's quite the daddy issues, but I know that like wearing big headgear as a kid and like feeling very alienated because of it was a thing that happened to Tim Burton. Mm. So that's why he included it in the movie. I also will say that the, the flashbacks I was referring to not enjoying so much were the A, colonization of Oompa Loompas <laughs> and B, the uh, trip to India with the chocolate yeah. palace didn't need to be there. Like, what did not need to be there? But I I think that the flashbacks to his childhood and developing the daddy issues is the only sound explanation as to why the fuck Johnny Depp is acting like that. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) the way he's, like, weirdly cold towards the children and, like, a little bit, he, like, zones the fuck out sometimes. (laughs) Like, the the clear displays of mental illness (laughs) had to be a choice that needed to be explained. And... (laughs) I think it checks out. To me, I'm like, well, thanks for letting me know why the fuck this behavior is happening on my screen. I d- like, what comes with those, like, little bits and pieces, too, with the flashbacks are some of the funniest lines in the entire movie as well. Like, the whole, like, he had one part where he was like, I'm sorry, I was having a flashback. And I'm like, I'm gonna take that for myself. <laughs> And then somebody's like, does that happen to you often? And increasingly. Like, increasingly. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, true. Me, I've been like staring at the same spot of lint on the ground for 45 minutes. And somebody's like, hey, are you good? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having some me time <laughs> in, in my brain. Yeah, but um, no, Johnny Depp is absolutely insane in this movie. Like, it's one of those things and like, say what you will about him, whatever. I'm not going to get into the whole bit. But, like, that man's range is just insane. Absolutely incredible. I also think the trope of, like, directors who always use the same actors Mm -hmm. kind of thing, I think that this is an example of how it really can be a benefit Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of Johnny Depp's best work has been with Tim Burton, and I think maybe working with somebody you know so good allows you to, like, push your creative, you know... Mm -hmm boundaries maybe a little bit also with danny elfman i know doing the soundtrack the way danny elfman popped the fuck off on this soundtrack as he does with every film but when tim burton says i'm doing something a little ooky kooky he said who do i call oingo boingo (laughs) yes i say it every time but danny elfman put his whole pussy into this right especially with all the oompa loompa dance oh my god each one each one with the genre altering just slightly to fit the different oh and the production design in this movie i will say this movie 
is fucked, it's racist, it's questionable, but the production design, mm-hmm. there must be something said for yeah. it. Well, I mean, it was, not that that excuses no, any of the no, bad things about it, but I'm watching this movie, and in my head I'm like, this is super fucked up, but it's pretty to look right, at. Right, right? It was like 2005, and like how it looks is gorgeous. It reminds me a lot also re- of like another Johnny Depp movie, which is like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like those early two mm. thousands production and design was insane for those as well. I also really liked that a lot of the like CG or animation stuff in this was super like looked like it was made of plastic. Like that whole intro sequence of the like machines making the candy bars, and it doesn't look photorealistic. Like it looks kind of clunky and animated, but in like a weird plasticky mechanical yeah. kind of way that I think fits the uh-huh. whole vibe. I think they really kind of leaned into a way that made some of the CG stuff not look quite so hokey mm-hmm. and more like intentional mm-hmm. um and also i know a lot of the sets like that the candy room with the chocolate river like that was fucking real that's a set they made like so i know a lot of the, the actual sets they put a lot of time into um this movie was also nominated for an oscar for costumes mm, which sense. i will say definitely deserving yeah no um, well all the <laughs> the sets make sense and everything like that because it did have a 150 million dollar budget yeah <laughs> that i mean yeah at this time uh, Tim Burton was on his hot girl shit yeah. and definitely had the rep to just get whatever the fuck greenlit. <laughs> um, I know that they wanted to do this remake um, of, you know, Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type thing since the early 90s. It was kind of like mm. started being in the works and it went through several different directors. I think maybe like Scorsese at some point, like somebody fucking like, what the fuck? At one point was on this, but then they, they got around to Tim Burton and it was like, yes, solid. And then also so many different actors I read. I didn't write them down, but it was like Will Smith at one point was was in the running. Um, I know Brad Pitt is a, I think he's listed as like an EP on this as he is in every movie because he just like funds every True. movie. But Brad Pitt was going to be Willy Wonka at one point. And they were like, I don't really know. But then eventually, obviously, the um, the combo of Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. <laughs> you just keep yeah, forgetting his name today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he doesn't deserve space in, in my fair head. Enough, fair um, enough, fair enough. You know who does um, deserve space in your head, though? Is, oh god, what's his... Missy Pyle. <laughs> <laughs> Missy Pyle is um, yes, yes. Uh, Violet Beauregard's okay, mom. Yes. And their they're little matching haircuts and their matching outfits, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah, no. Me and my American Girl doll <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> no, really. In matching velour tracksuits and little matching haircuts. The way they slayed those blonde bobs. Outstanding. I like that Willy Wonka and Violet have the same haircuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the person that I was going to give a shout out to um, is Deep Roy, who plays... Deep Roy the Chocolate Boy. <laughs> who plays yes. every <laughs> single one of the Oompa Loompas. He did so much it's for this crazy. movie. An outstanding amount. Yes. Choreography. He learned to like actually play instruments. Singing anything so i know um danny elfman does all the singing dubbed so he was because i know that they like did that but he took all those dance numbers he did every one of those shots individually each dance number sequence had to be done several hundreds of times and they they bumped his um pay up i would fucking hope because they realized they're like they're like oh fuck they like bumped it by like a million dollars or something like he was not getting paid a ton to be in this um, and then they were like, oh, this is the vision, actually, and you're going to have to do this dance number a hundred times in a row, so, like, you can have a million more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he deserves. Um, but he's actually a really, 
He's a really interesting actor if you go and read about him. He's done a ton of, like, stunt work mm. stuff and a lot of, like, puppetry-type um, stuff. As I think he's, like, four feet tall, mm-hmm. maybe. And they definitely, they digitize him to look much yeah. smaller as an Oompa Loompa. But um, he, for the Star yeah. Wars movies, was a stand-in for both Yoda and R2-D2. Really? Like, he was just on, yeah, he was just, like, on site to, like, do any sort of getting in there and moving shit around he's uncredited i think in two of them but then yeah. on the last one they give him like you know stunt credits uh-huh. or whatever but if you look at his imdb he's literally been in so fucking much and i think this is the first thing that he really was like at more of mm-hmm. the front like he, he was less of a background thing and more of like that's fucking deep boy being every he carried this fucking movie that's i'm gonna say him and danny elfman should just do like a like a visual album together and then that i I can just forego the rest of this movie to be honest Mm -hmm. i just want deep roy doing a hundred dance routines over and over to oingo boingo (laughs) music (laughs) it's just so right (laughs) oh my god yeah no um I do feel bad because he was in a lot of um, very offensive scenes, and he was the face of a lot of really right. offensive shit in this movie. Yes. I mean, certainly a way you can compare it to the first, the original movie, I guess. And also, I know the book went under some criticism at one point for having, I think, one or two lines that refer to the Oompa Loompas like, basically being like little brown people. And I think somebody like in the early 2000s was like, hey, we should probably cut that out. And so all the publishing houses like altered it slightly to try to make it a little less like racist or whatever in the book. Um, But in the first, in the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, they're orange with green hair, which is like not great, but honestly not the worst because at least it was kind of like whimsical mm-hmm. question mark now they just straight up were like you know how we're gonna explain this one colonialism yeah. literal imperialism and slavery uh, mm-hmm. they're like johnny depp is gonna fuck around and use his white privilege to literally enslave and be a white yeah. savior to a race of people obsessed with yeah. chocolate which is just like so incredibly mm-hmm. stereotyping and horrible and i cannot believe that the fact that statistically the impossibility of all five of these children being Mm -hmm. white is not even the most problematic part. Like the fact that everybody of color in this movie is used as a prop. And that's not the worst thing. Like the fact that they just put it at the forefront and are like, we're going to make problematic statements about it now. Like, Oh my God. I don't think I've watched this movie as an adult in quite a while. I think, you know, I've seen it probably in the past couple of years, but really watching this and being like, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk about this for an hour. I'm like, it cannot go unaddressed that this movie is so incredibly racist and fucked up. And I think it's really the prime example of when people kind of make those statements about Tim Burton saying like, oh, you you never cast diversely, whatever, whatever. Like this is the example in which you did include it and you just made the worst fucking Mm -hmm. decisions of like how to represent. Yeah. Oh, it's sickening. Yeah, no. Having fucking Johnny Depp crawling through the jungle to find, like, this indigenous people and being like, oh, come work for me. Like, Jesus Christ. For free. Also, the way the way he's like, oh, but I'm giving them a life that's better than the one they had at their home. I'm like, that's literally what people used as the, like, reasoning for a literal yep. slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, it's just... It- incredibly yeah. fucked up i'm glad deep roy got that check though <laughs> you know 
I'm glad Deep Roy the Chocolate Boy did his dance moves and got that fat check and then moved on because at least some good potentially came out of this. But I even just hate how, like, the shopkeeper mm-hmm, yep. is black and there's just like a couple and you could tell it was probably like look i'm adding diversity but they're all like like little prop yeah. characters it's just uh-huh. he's so tim burton's yeah, fucked. No. <laughs> and i'm glad i mean i'm not gonna say i'm glad he got canceled but i'm glad people are talking about it because i think it needs to be said for a lot of directors who are like at the forefront of like Wes Anderson, let's fucking yeah, talk about for real. D- diversity and casting. Like, let's call people out for their shit because that's the only way anything's exactly. ever going to change. And I know this movie was made in two thousand five, but it's still no, no. fucking excuse because Tim Burton is still mm-hmm. doing this shit. So, yeah, and he's going to keep doing it. Send a strongly worded email to Tim Burton at spooky dot com mm-hmm. to let him know <laughs> to let him know that. Yeah, Tim Burton, you are not invited to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Even if you were on your knees, we would never. I would say there will not be an Edward Scissorhands episode for you, sir. (laughs) Even though I I was thinking this is the second, so we did Beetlejuice, so this will be the second Tim Burton movie we cover on the pod. And then it's also the second. Oh, it was something else. It'll come back to me. But I was like, oh, we're two for two now. Mm. On something else. Oh, Danny oh, Elfman. Yeah. No, we're no many because we did um we did Fifty Shades of Grey and that was Danny Elfman as well. Did you bring that up in that episode? Did I know that? Yeah, I did. It's so yeah, it's so weird. It's like such a random like rogue trivia. I mean, fact. good for him, I guess. Jesus Christ. Oh, but so I really do like that this movie. I feel really represented. Um, you know, not only not only as a white person, do yeah. I feel incredibly represented in this movie in more ways than I can count. Um, but also as a person with mental illness <laughs> the, the the um the two ways that that my mental illness would manifest in this situation is either that a i have infinite expendable resources and i become willy wonka i do something fucking crazy i build i become a recluse in a chocolate factory and i set up a big marketing scheme to like get chi- children to to kill each other to try to like <laughs> compete in the the candy hunger games that kind of mental illness yes and then the second kind is when you have no resources and it's when you lay in bed all day <laughs> with your three friends <laughs> two I sides of a once- spectrum here <laughs> Right, yeah, right. When you're um, broke AF and all you can afford to do is eat soup and lay in bed, sounds like a great time to me. (laughs) I just mean like, why are millionaire like billionaires? Jeff Bezos, boring. What is he doing with his money? Getting a divorce? (laughs) What would I be doing with eight billion dollars? Building fucking chocolate factories? I think it's a great idea. I could see you thriving there, especially with your marketing um, experience. Right. I would say, though, I do not like the the capitalist yeah. uh, mm-hmm. drives in this movie. I know Willie never says he does it for the money, but the way he's like, I'm going to, like, use this whole golden ticket thing is like, uh, it's clearly it's clearly just a big ploy to get his business I booming again. He's probably facing some recent losses. He doesn't pay his workers anything, though, so that clearly can't Here's be an issue. Here's my thing, is that I just think he has the insatiable urge to just murder children. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also relatable. 
Every time, every time I get a bob haircut, I do a thing where I grow my hair out to my butt and then I chop it to my ears and then that's just like my personal cycle. And when I do the chop, I'm always like, am I Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified or am I Johnny Depp Willy Wonka? Because those are just the two. If you get a little short, if you have brown hair and you do a little short bob and it's like stick straight like that, You're- it's like Dora, Coconut Head, Willy Wonka. You Willy have three Wonka. options and that's it. Yeah, no. The one thing I will say that like he does that is... honestly seems like something that's like realistic for today's billionaires is that that man most certainly has built a nuclear bomb did you see (laughs) did you see that fucking room full of quote-unquote fireworks and all that shit those were explosives those those are um machines of war Yes. <laughs> what does he know that I don't know that everyone else doesn't know? What's he right? preparing for? Because that man has weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> I think that the Mike TV character is a little underrated in the I don't hate discussion. Him. Of I don't this hate movie him. Because, right, and I think as time has gone on, that type of kid like becomes more and more relevant in our society because it's like the hacker crypto gaming boy antisocial kid who knows more than he should like you know smarter than his parents but also like not using his knowledge to do anything productive like type b i know a handful of them i feel like that's (laughs) right yeah and so i and i think it's really interesting that they captured that specific kind of kid in 2005 because i think that was still before a lot of the like reddit type Mm-hmm. The Reddit types of kids, you know, really blossomed. Like, but the way that he he criticizes Willy Wonka every step of the way, he's like, "Dude, you built a teleportation machine, and all you can think about is candy." I'm like, "He's true, right? Uh, he, Reasonable." Th- my TV is not wrong. He's just a dick, <laughs> right? He's just eight and a dick. But every eight year old is a dick. Uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka was so concerned about the the leeches and the parasites who were stealing his candy recipes. Bro, I'm in there stealing the nuclear codes. <laughs> I am in there stealing the technology that's going to get us to Mars. Elon Musk is crawling through the air vents, <laughs> taking notes on what the Oompa Loompas are testing in the Chemex lab. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, no. This does feel like a lot like today's billionaires. It's like you could be <laughs> ending homelessness. No, I'm going to go to space. Right? The Bucket family is living nary 3 b- blocks down the street eating cabbage t- soup. No, I, d- I don't even want to call it. Um, it's not soup. It's hot water. It's hot water and lettuce. <laughs> and he has when they are traveling in that glass elevator and they go through that mountain range of, of chocolate, the fudge mountains, imagine how many people you could home. How many people you could The feed. thing about that, too, is, like, when they bring the glass elevator to Charlie's house and he decides, you know where I'm going to park this? Through the roof. This house is already this house, the house is already on like its last legs. One board and the whole th- it's on a forty five degree one angle, board yeah. gone and the whole thing's done. The whole family is crushed, and he decides to put an entire elevator through there. I know, and then they like repair the house, and it still Fox. looks so disheveled. Yeah, <laughs> there's only so much they can do. I- I do like that they they do the little nod of like the bucket family gets back on their feet without yeah. the help of Willie. At first it's like the dad gets a job and they can like afford to, you know, it's not entirely like 
billionaire savior moment, but it definitely mm-hmm. is. But the ending of this movie does not no. do it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and why are you like making this child a business partner? Like, let yeah, him let- go to school. <laughs> let him play Pokemon. Do Pokemon exist <laughs> in this not. universe? Please, Willie, Johnny, please just give this boy a Nintendo DS. I'm- <laughs> And let him I play think Pokemon. he just should put just like put Charlie through school. Did you see? Did you see that right. toothpaste model that he made? That man's an engineer. That man's <laughs> gonna be an architect. What's gonna happen? Just yeah, just put right. him through school. Like the only interest he's ever shown in candy is because he could never have it, which I guess is like the same idea as like like Willy Wonka, I guess. But like Charlie seems like he could really take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right? Uh, He's like, also, the thing about Charlie that, I don't know, he finds that $10 bill on the ground, and he he goes and buys the chocolate bar, which I I get it, I get it, it was his last chance, and I'm not going to blame him for that, but the way he runs out of that shop without getting his change, sir, that $10 will be buying your family's groceries. Right, I was going to say. You know how many cabbages? (laughs) I get that you're excited, homeboy, and that this is the opportunity of a lifetime, but that chocolate bar <laughs> is an inflation? Has inflation? What is this, the year a thousand <laughs> million? Has inflation made a candy bar ten dollars? I did not think. Oh, no. No, because Grandpa Joe <laughs> gives him, like, a coin, like a dollar, a dollar. to buy yeah. it. That's nine other dollars, Charlie. Yeah. Two doubloons. And, and then he goes, <laughs> and he goes home, and he's like, oh, I'm going to sell this. You wouldn't have had to sell it, really, if you just had the $9 that you left. <laughs> yeah. Because that's going to get your family at least, what, several Cornish hens? <laughs> like, <laughs> some some wheat product? I don't know what some... year this is, so I couldn't say. <laughs> okay, we're back at it again with another chocolate or vanilla with Jen. Jen is my mom. And she invented this lovely game called Chocolate or Vanilla where she gives us two options and we say which one we like better. It's a really fun platform for me to loudly express my opinions. Um, (laughs) We play it every week here on the pod, or at least we try to. When I remember to upload it last week on School of Rock, I very sadly uh, was editing in a haste and forgot to pop it in the middle. So apologies to those Chocolate or Vanilla stands out there, I guess. Um, but does this week have a theme? It does. So we have a, a three-way theme. <laughs> so I was like first um, motivated or inspired by Glee going off Netflix as of tomorrow. I am so oh. sad. So it's it's part Glee. But then I was like, I can't do a whole uh, chocolate or vanilla on Glee because that's like too much. So you I could I peppered in With some Raw Doll and some Johnny Depp. Raw Doll, Johnny Depp, and Glee. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. I like this already. Classic pairing. Okay. Um, I'm ready. Okay, you guys ready? All right. uh, Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Vanilla. Chocolate. Um, Chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Chocolate. I'm going to go for strawberry this week. I'm going to go with strawberry, too. Um. (laughs) Outstanding. Um, Okay. Um, Clean or finchel? Obviously, Clean is Kurt and Blaine, and Finchel is Finn and Rachel. Clean all the way. I always... Anything involving Rachel Berry is a hard no for me. She's fucking irritating. Exactly. It's kind of like 
when the main character of the show is the worst character kind of thing. And I, I think after a while, she really cannot be considered to be the main character. Mm-hmm. It's very much an ensemble cast situation. Whereas Kurt and Blaine both have their flaws, but as a unit, I was always a fan. So I will yeah. go with Clean. Yeah, no. Fuck Rachel Berry. All my homies hate Rachel Berry. Um, she sucks. Dara put it um, very nicely. Uh, so I cannot root for her in any sort of capacity. I support Finn when he... Uh, does he cheat on her? <laughs> does he, uh, yes. Yes, he does with yeah. Santana. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, w- I, of would al- I would also cheat on Rachel Berry with <laughs> Santana. With literally any member of the literally group Literally any of them. Um, so with I'm, Mr. Shu, I would. Ugh. And he's the worst. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to... Yeah, Clayne, for sure. Yeah, me too, Clayne. I would ship Blaine with anybody. Um, alright, uh, BFG or Matilda? Uh, Matilda. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of the new BFG movie, but I know we're not just going on movies, but, like, BFG and Matilda are both pretty good books, but the Matilda movie, I think, is one of the greatest, um, films ever made, so I have to say, as, like, a book-movie duo, I think the book-to-film adaptation was flawlessly done, so I will say Matilda. Yeah, Matilda's just one of those comfort movies. It's one of those ones, too, like, if, like, I'm at home and I'm like uh, channel surfing and Matilda's on. It stays on, kind of thing. So she's got a, that the l- the directorial debut of Denny DeVito. Exactly. How could nonetheless, it be outstanding. Yeah. So definitely Matilda. Yeah, I would say Matilda for the sweep. Also, I love that rusted root song that they sing. Um, yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, good good soundtrack. Um, all right, so for the. Who's your favorite Glee DC multiverse character? Grant Gustin as Sebastian Smythe or Melissa Benoist as Marley Rose because we know that they are the Flash and Supergirl. Okay, really interesting. I only know this through um, osmosis of my own household that nobody watches these fucking CW Marvel shows except for my parents. So the Flash and Supergirl are only on air because Gary and Jen tune in every week. So... Uh, you're welcome, the CW, I guess. But I guess I'm gonna have to go um, Marley Rose slash Supergirl because, I don't know, feminism wins this round? Um, I'm gonna go, I get what, what was the guy's name? The Flash. Grant Gustin, who plays a Flash. Yeah. He's the um, warbler, the mean warbler, Sebastian. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with him um just purely for the um what is it? The Michael Jackson cover that him and Santana. Yeah, Dirty do. Diana. Yeah. No, oh, not smooth Dirty criminal, Diana. smooth criminal. Smooth Yeah, with yeah. the cellos. Yeah, yeah. Strictly for that. So good. Yeah, very good call. Good call. Um I this is one is really 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 hard for me. Um This this whole Chocolate or vanilla segment is just Jen really <laughs> going through her personal uh, struggles with having to choose different Glee characters. Right, I, I will I will go Supergirl. Pirates of the Caribbean or Alice in Wonderland? I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean for sure. I, I never really loved the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderlands. I thought they relied a little too heavily on CG. It was in that time where it was really taking off and like really trendy to do your whole movie and sort of VFX. And I'm kind of a practical girl. I, I kind of like, you know, some traditional set design. Mm-hmm. But I will say, we mentioned earlier that the, um, the effects that they did in the early 2000s on the early uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies were fucking outstanding and groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. Um, I actually, pretty recent. I mean, over the summer, really, 
um, rewatched the entire Pirates of the Caribbean um, franchise um, because we were on vacation and my sister decided this was going to be the thing that she obsessed over for the entire week that we were in New Hampshire. Um, and so we watched one every night. Um, and let me tell you, they're good movies. <laughs> they're really good movies. Um, so I'm definitely... Kira Knightley? Don't get me started. That's a whole... That's a whole thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna uh, say Pirates of the Caribbean. Me too. Me too. Pirates of the Caribbean. I did. I do want to say, I had a whole Alice in Wonderland themed sleepover once when I was a kid. Because I was obsessed. I think it was maybe like my book club. And I'd made them all read the book or something. Mm. And we're going to do like a movie marathon of all the different film adaptations. And I made everyone watch the episode from the TV series where Whoopi Goldberg plays the Cheshire Cat. And some girl cried so hard her mom had to pick her up. (laughs) And she was like, I am so scared. Well, I was like, girl, you weren't going to make it through the sleepover. Because like we're getting all the way to Tim Burton. But um, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg as the Cheshire Cat made... Some girl cried that her mom had to like, get Girlfriend, her. we are not friends past that. fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, oh, uh, so Glee Originals sung at, at regionals. Uh, season four, All or Nothing, when they were wearing purple. Uh, Marley Rose wrote it. Or season two, the regionals, where they wore like the aqua outfits and they sang loser like me loser like me and they threw the slushies and it was was full of glitter glitter. yeah that one i distinctly remember in my brain i'm gonna say as a glee fan i dropped a little off after the glee project um like i watched Mm. maybe seasons one and two but once they started integrating like those people into the cast i kind of dropped off as a fan because i was maybe in eighth grade and i was like i'm done you know i'm too old for this (laughs) Um, but I do, I do really vividly remember Loser Like Me from season two, especially when they put them in the hotel room and they said, you have to write a song. And then Brittany wrote my cup and anthem, (laughs) my cup, my cup, saying what's up to my cup. So good. That is the original. That is chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry. My answer is my cup by Brittany. Can't believe I didn't have Um, that one. I'm gonna um, have to say uh, agree with Dara and go with um, Loser Like Me because, hold on, what's that thing where you go and you just, you get a group together and you all rehearse to dance? Um, A flash mob? Yes, I, (laughs) my sixth grade graduation, we did a flash mob (laughs) to Loser Like Me. (laughs) That's amazing. If I was in sixth grade, I would have killed myself. I'm like, they're making me do a da- first a dance in public Bro. and two about a song about losers. I was front too real. I was front fucking row. Um, but yeah, what about you, Jen? Oh, um, that is a awesome story. But I'm gonna pick all or nothing because it's very heavy on the blame. Um, and okay, uh, the witches or James and the Giant Peach. Oh, this is I really like those movies a lot, both of them actually. And I was just describing my affinity for practical effects, and both of those movies definitely hit hit the sweet spot for me. But I will say I'm a claymation kind of gal. It's not for everyone, but it sure is for me. <laughs> and I love the um, half you know half real life, half claymation mm-hmm. sort of transition they do in that movie. I think it's iconic. I think. It's outstanding cinematic genius. Uh, James and the Giant Peach, for sure. Also, that French spider girl. Get it. Um, I'm going to have to go with witches, um, just because I do love Angela Houston. Is that, yeah. Um, yeah. Just love her. And that's it. 
Did you guys know? Did you see um, the uh, the new yeah. one with Anne Hathaway? No, I have not. No, it won every Razzie for worst film, so I just simply refuse out of self respect. Yeah. I love Annie, but I don't know. I won't no. do it. I won't. I won't drop to that level. Um, and I think she played the Angelica Houston role. I think she was yeah. like the the head yeah. witch, like the yeah. Um, I'm gonna go James and Giant Peach. All right, uh, best hyper religious Cheerio Quinn Fabray or Kitty Wild. Oh my god, Quinn Fabray was the blueprint. Katie Wilde could never. She was simply a decoy. She was simply a copy. Quinn Fabray, I've said it and I've said it before, I cannot think of a better moment in maybe all of television than the birthing screams of Quinn Fabray synced up to Bohemian Rhapsody. Are you kidding me? Whoever directed that, you can be on the pod because, by God. Masterful. Absolutely masterful. Um, yeah, I, I always liked Quinn Fabray's character. Um, her, she had so many different story arcs, I couldn't even keep track. And you know what? I could get down with that. Kitty, I could not even be- Take her later, yeah. yeah. Yeah, can't think of anything that I like about her. But, uh, yeah. What about you, Jen? See, unpopular opinion, I love Kitty. Um, I think you, you seem to lean towards the later season. New school, yeah, yeah you're a, you're like a new school glee. Um, Quinn Fabray, though, was, she played the lead in I Am Number Four, one of my favorite movies. I do know that, yeah. yeah. And then, but Kitty does, like, Hallmark Christmas movies, Becca Tobin, yeah. I love her. She has an awesome podcast with two of her close friends called oh. um, Girl Gang. It's so good, yeah. Any Diana Argon stands out there, she plays a Quinn Fabray. She was in Shiva yes. Baby, which is a really great, it's like, an hour and ten minutes or something. It's Literally a brief perfect. film. So, like, a short film could be roughly the, you know, a long TV show episode type beat. And then um, she plays, like, the wife of a sugar daddy man. I, I can't even get into it, but she she's kind of a wild card who shows up. And you're kind of like, oh, my God, Quinn from Glee. So anybody who is a Diana Argonstein, go watch Shiva Baby, please. I think it's on Hulu. Fucking outstanding movie. Probably one of my favorite ones from this last year. If not my favorite. I'm going to have to watch that. It's um, anxiety inducing, um, but it's really good. It oh, next is Edward Scissorhands or Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, Edward Scissorhands. I wasn't a huge fan of these Harry Potter uh, sequel reboot type beat things. They were fine. And I saw them in the theaters, which I think it's a kind of movie that you can't really enjoy unless you're in a theater because it's so like CGI heavy. I, I don't really know, but I, I wasn't super into it. Um, so definitely Edward Scissorhands, total classic. Love the cinematography. Yeah. Here for it. Here for Winona Ryder. I feel like I've only actually watched Edward Scissorhands uh, like maybe once a handful of years ago. So as I remember I enjoyed it, but I don't remember too much about it. Um, but <laughs> it's one more watch than I ever gave those Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts movies. So I'm going to go with Edward Scissorhands. Uh, yeah, definitely Edward Scissorhands for this week. Um. Okay, uh, Kurt singing a stripped-down version of I Want to Hold Your Hand in Season 2 for his dad, Bert Hummel, or Kurt singing a stripped-down version of Blackbird Blackbird when the Warbler's mascot, Pavarotti, died in Season 2. I have to say, I was waiting, because you, you said the intro to this question, and I was hoping 
that Blackbird would be an option. Because back in the day when you had to buy songs on iTunes individually, and then you like had your like iPod library or whatever, but I would plug my headphones into my computer and listen to my music most of the time. I, don't ask me why. But then sort of like a Spotify recap situation, but not nearly as technologically advanced, you could see what your most played song, like it gave you the literal number of times you had watched or like listened to a song i guess you could sort your songs by number of times per listen or whatever and the blackbird cover by kurt was my number one for probably a straight year and a half uh, i don't know why i literally i do not know why i was never as deep of a glee stan as my mom was but i just was so into i don't know i guess i liked the beatles but also i liked glee so this was the perfect like culmination of the two of them literally it had like three thousand more listens than like any other song in my library so i i simply have to say as a certified beatles stan um this is a tough question but i i will say um the blackbird cover um just just does it right just does it right the other one's really good um but something about that blackbird cover dara i get it (laughs) It had something like a hundred hours of listen time or something stupid like that. Like, I don't know. I just put it on repeat and get in my feels about a dead bird that wasn't mine. Um, I'll take Blackbird from the sweep. Uh, next one. Fantastic Mr. Fox or the original Willy Wonka from 1971? Ooh, okay. This is pretty tough. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go i mean i i feel like like a class traitor or something by saying fantastic mr fox because i do think the original willy wonka is like a really important piece of historical Mm. cinema that i think we should all like respect but i will say like on a personal level right now if you like we're like we're having a movie night what do we want to watch the original willy wonka or fantastic mr fox i'd probably pick fantastic mr fox just on like personal aesthetic viewing pleasure i don't know mm-hmm. so i i guess i would probably go with I, also i love claymation we know it we've heard it a million times <laughs> i'm a claymation kind of gal yeah no it's, it's just one of those things like i've I've definitely seen uh, the original willy wonka like a handful of times and everything like that and it's great but if i like want to be entertained and just like put a smile on my face i'm gonna put on fantastic mr fox Okay, you're really reassuring me because I feel like they made us watch that movie every year of elementary school. Like, K through 6, I was forced to watch the... Because they were like, look at how amazing and classic this movie is. Also, I feel like we had to read the book maybe a number of times. I don't know. But I I feel like maybe was this not ingrained into the, like, cultural upbringing of every other child in America? Let me know in the comments, in the DMs. Please DM us about your, like, personal Gene Wilder... uh, Willy Wonka experience. I really want to know about it. <laughs> I will. I'll go with the original Willy Wonka. All right, uh, last one. Last one. Saving the best for last. By the way, Jonathan Groff oh. as Jesse St. James in Glee, as King George in Hamilton, or as the voice of Kristoff in Frozen. Easy. Oh. He's my favorite villain. Yeah, I gotta say, Jesse St. James in Glee is. I mean, okay, he's good as King George, but where did he? pull that energy from where did he pull that sort of deep hatred in his heart and it was from jesse st james the way that he says rachel we're getting back together and then throws a slushy in her face iconic simply he's the bully of all bullies and the way that he tugs on her strings and ties the knot and is the puppet master here simply he added um 
intrigue and interest to the show when it started to dip a little bit. I think he was a good character that they introduced at the right time. And I was always a fan. So I will say him as Jesse St. James in Glee. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to stick with you on this one. He was a bitch, and I loved it. And that's all I needed. Scene stealer in Hamilton, but also Hamilton's full of scene stealers. You know, what's a scene stealer among scene stealers? Nothing. But what is he in Glee? An icon. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't want to disagree with you Speak guys. Speak your truth, Jen. When you said it's a no-brainer, I was like, oh, she's going to say King George from Hamilton. He just he just killed he did, it. He in did, those. But... but I love all three of these. It was really hard for me to pick. Aaron says I can call it Jonathan Groff, Groff Sauce. That's what I call Groff it. Groff Sauce, yeah. Groff, Groff Sauce, sauce is yeah. like the internet. What was he? I feel like he was in a trailer for a movie recently and you audibly gasped. Matrix. Oh, Matrix. Yes. New Matrix, yeah. yeah. We saw Dune in the theater, and um, the trailers were running, and for Matrix, Jonathan Groff, Groff popped up, and Jen, like, audibly quaked <laughs> in her seat, because she was so excited to see him on the big screen. <laughs> I'm surprised you could hear me, because those two elderly gentlemen next to us were speaking so loudly. <laughs> and then you leaned over and said, that's Frank Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> That's the actual author right yeah, next to which, us. Which was a really sick burn from Jen. Um, but also, if any of you have seen any good of the new movies that have come out, we don't really cover them on the pod because we figure not everyone has seen them. We want to cover more stuff that people have seen. But if you've seen anything good in the theaters lately, DM us because I'm trying to keep up on the new shit. So if you want to talk to me about you know the French Dispatch, Dune, whatever, Di- Princess Diana, whatever, please DM us. I-, I love to talk about new movies, so... Shouts out to that. Quick quick interim uh, shouts out to New Move. Thank you so much for a great Glee-based <laughs> um, chocolate or vanilla segment. I will have to shout out my brother-in-law, Nick. He listens and he said to me over Thanksgiving, he was like, yeah, I was listening to the pod and Jen said community or Glee. And I just thought to myself, there's no way this isn't a sweep for community. <laughs> and I was the only person. He's like, I didn't realize there were so many Glee stands on the pod. <laughs> so We're alive um, and well. Know, yeah, this is a this is a Glee. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a stand, but I've certainly seen mm-hmm. it, you know. But <laughs> Here's what a, you a Glee-informed Glee. podcast. I'd call yeah. myself a Glee apologist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the pod, but yeah, I think this was a really great yeah. theme this week, Jen. Really way to lighten the mood in the midst of our uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory discussion, which is a little grim, not gonna lie. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week for next week's okay. Chocolate or Vanilla segment, and as always, we love you. Alright, love Jen. you guys. See you next week. Bye. Can, can uh, I take a hard uh, uh, right turn here right now? Um, please. Can I just talk about uh, Willy Wonka's sexuality? Okay, Definitely ace, yeah, yeah, like for sure. Not a single, and also, what does it say about me that I'm like I'm still here for it? Like, like I'm not gonna say that this character is sexy or like fueling my fire in that way, but I am just saying that there's something about the Willy Wonka character, both from Gene Wilder and from Johnny Depp, that I can just get behind. It's it's, they're so incredibly different because, like, to me. To me, uh, Johnny Depp's version doesn't even have, like, any appendage down there. Nothing. He's smooth, <laughs> He's smooth like a Barbie doll. Maybe he lost it in some freak candy accident. I don't know. <laughs> but the- <laughs> It's like a puppet. <laughs> There's nothing... 
Just a hole that goes all the way to the That's brain. That's why he's got the puppet repair shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god. The puppet hospital and burn center. That, I'm gonna say, com- a comedic, whoever wrote so that line, like, I hope you have several awards on your shelf because whoever came up with the joke of having a puppet hospital and burn center you can be on the podcast you are more than welcome you and deep roy can be on the pod but like like it's so weird because like this version of willy wonka nothing going on like really like he's not nothing but the Gene Wilder one, Gene he's a Wilder, freak. Fox, <laughs> Fox. That man lays pipe. It's just we've discussed this in the past. It's the exactly. somersault. It's the introductory somersault. That's Have just... we discussed this in the past? I think it was um, in a chocolate or vanilla with Jen, and you and I were both like, "Yeah, fuck Mary Kill, fuck Gene Wilder." He does a somersault. <laughs> really sexy. <laughs> Bro, if someone if someone introduced oh. themselves to me with a somersault, my pants would be across the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I know that like a lot of critics, like when this movie came out, like commented and even addressed to Johnny Depp in interviews. They're like, yeah, dude, why are you acting like Michael Jackson? <laughs> no, right? That's the exact same vibe that I got. And it's, and it's like, I guess now. You know, in 2005, that that comment was not quite so poignant as it is today, yeah. as we know that Michael Jackson was a yes. literal pedophile. Um, but in 2005, I think that was really an astute observation from the critics <laughs> of this movie, because he is acting a little... It's so weird, because his character hates kids, too, is the thing. Yeah, why would you make this elaborate? I'm sure if you made it like, I don't know, we're putting little golden tickets inside chocolate-flavored yeah. booze nips, and we're doing a 21-plus booze cruise down the chocolate river, you could have gotten some interesting right, characters. Right, You could have had an actual business partner instead of a 10-year-old. It's You're right, though. It's because he wants to <laughs> exactly, kill them. It's that. It's because he wants to murder them. He he loves, the minute he sees these kids and who's coming to his factory, he's like, oh, they're so fucked up and flawed. I'm going to love it. He's relishing in the fact that these kids are like oh, yeah. monsters. <laughs> Which kid do you hate the most, though? Because I have very strong feelings about uh, all of these kids. I Yeah, I'm going to say Veruca Salt just because I think... Uh, I don't necessarily blame her for being a product of her environment. I more hate her parents for you know, mm-hmm. being that way and having a kid who ends up being that way. But that kind of person will mm-hmm. never change. Like, like somebody like Violet, you know, might, as she gets older, kind of realize that you don't have to be rude to other people when you're being competitive mm. kind of thing. And, you know, Augustus Gloop is just fat. We can't, that's really fat phobic, you know? We can't blame him for being a little... A little Glutton. Chunky... <laughs> Glutton. That's a child. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what a child he is. Really is. Right? Yeah. He's if he if given all the resources of all that candy, I too would have a romp. <laughs> I too would stuff my face. I simply cannot blame him. And then my I've TV. spoken my piece about Mike TV. I think I think he's all right. I mean, would I like to meet him in real life as he Never. grows up? If I you know ran into him at a bar and he's talking about why we should invest in cryptocurrency or some shit like that? No, that is a male manipulator. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I want I want to take a minute though to talk about Augustus Gloop and just the journey that he went through up there. 
that pipe because the human the human body cannot cannot withstand the pressure of that tube. That man, that child should be He has several broken ribs. It should be, you know, a million different pieces. Like the other, like if he's not absolutely destroyed by the pressure, it's the lack, it's the lack of oxygen in the tank, which, which, (laughs) slowly depleting while there's a musical number going on. His head should have exploded. It's such a pop, like a little pimple, just. (laughs) brains everywhere because you're so right and also even as a kid i remember thinking so he he goes under and he gets sucked up the pipe right and there's a solid amount of chocolate that gets sucked up before him the rest of the chocolate continues up the pipe but he stays due to science due to science that should not happen he should have drowned (laughs) that little fucker should have suffocated and drowned this is this is a lot like um what is it in our Heather's episode where it's like Veronica standing four feet away for, and like does not get blown up or anything like that? I need someone with a degree in like physics to explain how on God's green earth this could possibly happen. Or come up with a workbook. <laughs> I think you could really kill at Barnes and Nobles if you come up with uh-huh. a little for homeschoolers a little notebook. <clears throat> That are like math and physics problems surrounding the 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 near death of every child in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like you know, theoretically, how would we get Mike TV? You know, down to to mm-hmm. miniature size. How you know maybe how, explain why that is mm-hmm. unfeasible. Why is Augustus <laughs> not dead? That is also unfeasible. All of these children should have been gone in an instant. <laughs> Yeah, Violet. I think the only one the the only one is I think um Veruca Salt falls down the yeah, whatever. garbage chute. Which no, is not at all. Not so bad. But they also so he's like maybe she fell um and is just like stuck at the top so you mm-hmm. could go snatch her out and the dad's like okay, I'll go try. We know this is not the case we would hear her <laughs> screaming, but the dad's like okay, I'll go mm-hmm. to I'll go check it out. And then the Oompa Loompas do a full musical number as he slowly paces towards the hole. And in this process, they throw like a 10-pound <laughs> fish. I'm like if she was stuck at the top, she's impaled with a fish bone. <laughs> My favorite part of that entire sequence with her get with like the nuts and everything like that and the squirrels is just they like pin down her arms and everything like that and they carry her to the hole and the Jesus imagery there is just absurd. She looks like she's about to be crucified. Crucified. Oh my god. I also those are real Shut squirrel. the fuck I mean, up. Not the ones carrying her. That was no, but the in the scenes where they're like sitting and those really up close shots of squirrels, they got trained squirrels for those because they wanted they're like, we can't CG hyper realistic squirrels. They obviously did for like the carrying scenes and stuff like that, but the really up close of the squirrels like cracking the nuts and stuff, those That's are real squirrels. To me. Right? Pretty crazy, hmm. right? Hmm. Squirrels are really smart. I feel like you can train them if you if anyone out there needs some good squirrel accounts on um, Instagram to follow, Thumbelina the squirrel is one of my favorites. People who like domesticate squirrels who have been like injured and stuff. Yeah, Peanut the squirrel is another really good one. Thumbelina and Peanut. Um, I didn't know that there were um, famous squirrels. Yeah, in the same way that there are famous sugar gliders, famous capybaras. I, I do follow a lot of exotic pet accounts. <laughs> I, I, 
Maybe that would be my Willy Wonka story. I would open like a weird yeah. zoo pet mm-hmm. store of like rehabilitated capybaras <laughs> and I would let them feast on the children. <laughs> I like that for you. I think I think I could see that working. <laughs> Henry could cook them like gourmet um, meals. I would love. Right? Oh my god. A five-star restaurant where we only serve capybaras. I'm sorry, if you're cap- not a capybara, you cannot have yeah, like, a have reservation. You, have you seen, like, those this people on just... TikTok? There's one guy that'll, like, make five-star, like, worthy meals for his dog. And that's what I'm visioning it for you. Oh, that's, you. that's so nice. Speaking of TikTok, do you know the sexy the sexy Willy Wonka TikTok I feel like, guy? Yes. I feel like I remember him from, like, way earlier in my TikTok career. He's got like a million. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty he was pretty mm-hmm. early TikTok famous. If you I think all you need to search is like Willy mm-hmm. Wonka on TikTok mm-hmm. and he will be the first one that comes up. I think he's verified as like Willy yeah. Wonka from TikTok or I just something know- like that. <laughs> um, but he dresses up like the Johnny Depp one, but Yeah, like, I just know that sexy. really does it for you. <laughs> yeah, he does a little dance. No, it's no, it's not quite that though. It's like the unhinged. I, maybe I just you like, like him strange, him, and know. that's fine. You know who I think could have bodied this role, Jake Gyllenhaal. After like the mi- after it. seeing Mr. Music, His, yeah, Mr. Music. After seeing him as Mr. Music and John Mulaney's sack lunch brunch, we just named a string of questionable men <laughs> just then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we we apo- we uh, are apologizers. Yeah. Apologists. I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal apologist. I'm sorry, yeah, Taylor. No. Swift well, you've been you've been riding this wave I, way way longer than just now. I know. I'm just a I'm a fan. He's a good actor. I just, I'm not gonna get into it, but he but it doesn't mean he has to be a good no. person for me to no. appreciate his. But maybe I just I don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. No. You said you know? said it last week. He's bumped down on your um, husband's list. Yeah. That list of husbands. Yeah. It's. He, like, has to go sleep on the couch kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, you know who bumped... And all four members of Greta Van Fleet, get on it. I was gonna say, here. you know who's bumped up on my husband's <laughs> list? Grandpa Joe. No, Grandpa... I like the other Grandpa better because he's like, Charlie, don't be fucking unrealistic. You're not gonna win a ticket. You know who's gonna win tickets? Parents who can buy their kids a million chocolate bars. Statistically, it's just not gonna happen for you. Everyone else is like, Charlie, there's hope. No, do not give this kid hope when there really statistically is none, especially after yeah. tickets had been found by another by two other kids who live on the same he's continent a as him. I can respect that. And I like that. And even at the end, he you know, he still loves his family, but he was no, just being real. Fair. He was just being real about it. Also, his wife has so much dementia, and he still. I do love her. his wife, <laughs> Grandma Georgina. Love it. Wilding. I love her. Um, do we actually want to get into who we would fuck, marry, and kill, though? Since we're on this tangent. Yeah. Would you? Do you think there's like a main three adult characters no. in this movie? Because I really no. don't. Think so I say. So. so do you want to do? I wouldn't say. Let's do the okay. batch of parents. Ooh, that's a good one. So then they'll just be okay. an outlier. They'll just be an extra. Um, but so you, you get to... Or wait, there'll be five, right? Because it'll be Grandpa Joe. But I guess... Yeah, it'll be Grandpa Joe, Augustus Gloop's mom, <laughs> who I think seems like a delight. Um, Veruca Salt's trash dad, Missy Pyle in her mm-hmm. hella nice tracksuit, and... Um, Mike TV's uh, the, guy. He's, did you recognize... Do you recognize Mike TV's dad from Breaking what? Bad? He played. I only know, ever hold on. Here's you, my thing: is like, I don't anytime know, I, like, I watch Breaking Bad, and I've done it like four times. It's I only get to like the third season, and then I stop. So would I know him? Oh no, I've seen. 
I went on a personal cycle for several years where every summer I'd watch Lost and every winter I'd watch Breaking Bad. So I've seen that show maybe all the way through six or seven times. So sorry for my cute knowledge, but Gretchen and Elliot, they're a couple and they used to work with Walt and then they got rich and he became a teacher. So there's like, he's a very fringe character. Very fringe, but Gretchen and Elliot, they're, they're like, yeah, they're like a pair of side characters. That's wow. my TV's dad. I, I saw that man and I'm like, why do I fucking recognize you? In the same way that Charlie's dad, I was like, why do I recognize this man? And he plays Locke in um, Game of Thrones. If anyone recognizes, he was one of the um, Night's Watch guys and he like turns on everyone. If you look him up, Henry, what's a describing characteristic of Locke from um, Game of Thrones? He's got, like, shoulder-length hair. I think he uses, like, daggers or something. And he's there with... What's the guy from Pacific Rim's name? He's there with the guy from Pacific Rim. It doesn't really matter. I'm just doing an actor Kevin Bacon situation now. But anyways, those are our five. I would have never recognized this man as, like, Game of Thrones. Huh. I have, like, the IMDB type of... Brain. (laughs) Like, implants in my brain. Like, the widget. You know how... You know how you add a widget to a website when they were building me? They're like, let's give her the IMDB widget. But it's like, I don't know their That's name, fair. but I can no, scan the I face like type B. <laughs> um, <laughs> do we want to add? So I'm thinking like, fuck, Mary kill, like get a beer with and would be an okay coworker. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Are those no, two let, Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So it, it's all the, all the people that um, accompany the children, correct? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The five like okay. parental figures. Um, I am going to marry Grandpa Joe. It's like when you adopt like an, a senior dog. <laughs> <laughs> like give him like a really good last few years. Um, yeah, I'm go- I'm gonna marry Grandpa Joe, even though he does still have a living wife. Um, I will be a home. Mm-hmm. She would be very accepting. Yeah, you yeah, could be yeah, like their caregiver. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, I'm gonna marry Grandpa Joe. I'm gonna obviously kill Veruca Salt's dad, um, because the whole massage. Yeah, exactly. Eat the rich. He's a massive misogynist. Um, I couldn't do. Yeah, the world exactly. would be better off without uh, him. I agree. Who am I gonna fuck? And maybe being an orphan would teach that girl some manners. <laughs> you know what? Trauma builds a person. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna fuck. Who am I thinking? Um. I'm gonna fuck, um, I guess, uh, Veronica, no, uh, Violet's, Violet's, uh, There's, mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> Missy Pyle, hot yeah. in this movie. Um, hot. and then who, who would, I would want to get a beer with Augustus's mother, for sure. Um, she seems like she'd just be a blast at the bar. Um, we'd get absolutely wasted. Um, and then I do, th- I do think Mike TV's dad would be a decent co-worker. I, I think, actually, I think he'd bring really donuts into, like... I- the teacher's lounge or he'd be the kind of guy that you like ask him to do something and he you know when you have co-workers and you're like oh hey can you do this for me and they're like sure and then they never do it um but when you have a co-worker and you ask them you're like oh can you do this and they're like sure and then they don't and then you resent them forever and you're like i'll never ask a favor of you or the co-workers are like oh can you do this and they're like yeah of course and then they do it and you're like wow you're a great co-worker i appreciate you he'd be the kind mm-hmm. that he would definitely do the thing you're like oh do you mind making a couple extra photocopies yeah. for me and he, he made like more than you need to Mm-hmm. I like that he specified his profession. I like in movies when characters give weird specific details about themselves that lets me divulge deeper into their, you know, mind of who they are. I like that he's yeah. a high school geography yeah. teacher. That just checks out for me. What about me. you? 
his wife also seemed very blunt. I'm definitely going to marry um, <laughs> Violet's mom so we can wear matching tracksuits. Yeah. I, I, I think that's I good I think for that you. would be nice. Um, I'm going to fuck Augustus Gloop's mom. <laughs> and then I'm going to kill Rukasalt's dad, obviously. Uh, fuck that motherfucker. I'm going to liberate his wife. I'm sure she's, <laughs> yeah, like, really? in a hostage situation. Um, and then I'm going to get a beer with Grandpa Joe because I don't think he'd be a good co-worker. But yeah. I do think my TV's yeah. dad would be half decent. Like, I work in the English department and he works in the history department. So we, like, mm-hmm. our paths don't cross often. But, like, when they do, I just... Yeah, I, I feel like Grandpa Joe out. could be really fun to get a beer with. Like, Grandpa Joe is also one that you would end up blasted with. And he would, like, tell stories about some war that I don't even know which war he's talking about. It's just thrilling. But I'd be like, thanks for getting vulnerable, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> when old people just start on a story that you're like, I don't remember asking you a question, but I guess do a 10-minute monologue. Because um, yeah. that's going to yeah. be me, you know? I'm going to be some old coot in a wheelchair at some function, and I'm going to be like, back in the day... I had a podcast, and then I'm gonna, you know, talk about yeah. Brokeback Mountain for 15 uh-huh. minutes as if I was there. You're gonna start doing um. the podcast. <laughs> I'm not there. You're talking to me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, have a puppet of you, and I'm, like, doing a bit, and everyone's like, Grandma, did you take your meds this morning? <laughs> Definitely not. Um. Um, and then I guess for the whole movie... Uh, I am gonna marry Willy Wonka because I could fix him. I could. I simply could. Um, I'm gonna fuck Willy Wonka's dad because I also think that he just, I don't know. There's something about a dentist that just needs, needs to loosen up a little bit, I think. Um, and then I'm gonna kill that first person who offered mm. to buy the golden ticket off of Charlie because yeah. how fucking dare yeah. you? I, hmm. So I'm going to opt to join uh, Charlie's mother and father's uh, marriage. I want to be in that thruple, so I'm going to marry... Um, do I marry one of them? Do I marry both of them? I don't know. I'm in it, though. Because <laughs> I think mm-hmm. they're they're too good together, but I want to be a part of that. So I'm going to marry them. Um, I'm going to fuck um, Veruca Salt's mom, because I know she's never had an orgasm before with that man. <laughs> No, she she fucks oh, the true. pool boy. You're right. Come you're on. right. You, you're right. <laughs> or like the maid or something, you know. But I appreciate your valiant effort. You're say? always what so selfless with these fuck choices. Um, <laughs> Christ. Um uh and I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Willy Wonka, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> And you're gonna leave me exactly. entitled uh-huh. to because he's enthralled. He's enslaved to the and enthralled. Yeah, he's and enslaved an entire people. As his wife, I am going to liberate the Oompa <laughs> yeah. Loompas. That is that this is, is step the whole one. plan. No, there will be no prenup, no prenup, and you I will are gonna be have to kill Charlie though. After this, yeah, I just hope That's you. Fine. I just hope you're ready to get your hands That's dirty because I can kill Willy Wonka, but you're gonna have to kill Charlie. <laughs> I want this to be, uh, I guess, Squid Game spoilers ahead, so skip, like, 30 seconds, but I want this to be, like, a Squid Game situation where we we get into the deep archives and we find out that Willy Wonka is an eternal being who does this, like, every 80 years, 
and, and he kills all the children and it's his like personal secret fucked up little game and then every time he presents it the world has just kind of forgotten about it <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean you're not wrong i could definitely see him being like an eternal being Right? Yeah. And like, you know, every hundred years he selects the five children who will be the sacrifice to fuel his eternal flame. Yeah. I think you're onto something. <laughs> this was actually um, Tim Burton's original idea. It's just got scrapped. Yeah. And they said, they yeah. said too, um, too dark. But too and dark. honestly, most importantly is what would you eat and drink with this film? Yeah. So yeah. I think candy's a little too on the nose. And honestly, this movie does not really? make me crave a sweet. Like, I see it, I see it, and, like, maybe I just wasn't personally in the mood at the time, but I'm like, this movie kind of, like, makes me feel that way you feel when you, like, chew metal <laughs> near your cavity, you know? Like, it's, like, it's sorry, gluttonous. When you, it's did you gross, say chew metal you know? near your cavity? Yeah. Is that, <laughs> sorry, is that not a universal experience when you, like, get the little twinge of metal that you uh, have in your okay, cavity when okay. you're chewing something I was just, that's I was metallic? so confused as to what you were saying. I was like, do you be chewing on metal, really? <laughs> yeah no way like a piece of tin foil or something you it like you're chewing on a lot of tin foil and then it gets near your cavity and it feels a little I'm bit always, funny because i always um, carry a lot of tin foil with me sorry i have pica sorry i like, just want to eat things that are inedible I'm, like craving cement mix um i feel like english food like english england as a whole, it's not really known <laughs> no. for its cooking, particularly. But I think, t- like, a hearty mm. meat pie. Like, something that would really turn the Bucket family right. Like, at the end, Ooh. they have that, like, nice roast. And that, I'm like, I'm hungry for that, you know? Like, a Cornish hen, a nice little vegetable medley. I do think this, like, a like a pork mm. pie, like a meat pie. Get something, like, a, not necessarily quintessentially British, but it, like, feels a little... Mm fringe british okay no that's fair um because <laughs> i don't know this movie does not make me want candy i simply don't want it i i think that the reversely though if you do want to go the sweeter route i would say for your drink mm. you could do like a spiked hot uh, cocoa yeah. so you could do like you know a nip of your i personally i like frangelico i like amaretto <laughs> bailey's is okay you know any of those sort of dessert <laughs> based liquors and you can put yeah. it in your coffee or your hot chocolate yeah i, think I was on a similar well way because one of the ideas that i've had was like uh, i mean i guess your your liquor of choice and like eggnog sort of thing because if if you're watching this i do think mm. it's good it's decent around the holidays um and i think if I, like for me the angle that i came at it i'm like okay i'm watching this sort of like getting closer to christmas time so i'm gonna take a bit of a more of a holiday stance um so like me like for me, I I don't want to say like fireball and eggnog, but it's not bad. Yeah, something in it. something in eggnog. You can also exactly. some eggnog comes um, alcoholic. But, um, so yeah, yeah, an alcoholic, but, yeah, a nice dessert drink. I feel you. I want yeah. a fire. My other option, my other thought was um, do a whiskey sour. I, I ooh because okay. I was definitely leaning into the sweets thing more a little bit, and it's not like the sweetest thing, but like a whiskey sour, I feel like is good. And also, I need something strong if I'm watching this movie. <laughs> um, for this, yeah, for this, you, let's forego alcohol. You have to do fucking hallucinogens to watch this movie. You yeah. have to smoke fucking <laughs> crack before you watch this movie uh-huh. to feel at yeah. the level it is attaining. Yeah. Or to I bring think you, you to. <laughs> I think you could also do <laughs> if you wanted to get like really crazy about it, like get. <laughs> Get and like do the whole absinthe drip and all that shit. Um, but yeah. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say, if you want to get really crazy with it for the food preparations, you could do the stages mm-hmm. of the gum. Oh, so you that's could do, a great idea. Tomato soup. Right, she gets tomato soup, and then she gets roast beef with baked That's potato, and idea. then she gets blueberry pie. So even just one of those, even just one of those, I think, yeah. especially because she blows up as the blueberry at the end. Eat a meat pie, and then a I blueberry like pie. Do I a like double that. pie night. Is my my, my uh, suggestion was definitely not even close to on that level, but like I said, I'm taking the holiday stance. One thing that sticks out for me is: hey, yeah. Do you ever get those those big tins of popcorn, and they have? Yeah, from like Boy yeah, Scouts, from like and it Boy has Scouts. like the three yeah, different yeah. flavors of popcorn in it and everything like that, and it's like caramel corn or like regular, and mm. then like uh, mm-hmm. like a cheddar one or something like that. That at least to me sticks out. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say like if you wanted to like do your favorite candy kind of thing, like do like a popcorn and candy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So easy. I wasn't reaching. Do- yeah. Just yeah. I wasn't reaching with load this movie. up. <laughs> load up from the. Yeah. Same. I think it's there's mm-hmm. a lot to work with. Um, it's cause it's like yeah. a food, it's a food based film. <laughs> um, and so then what would you follow? Um, I only with? have one recommendation. Um, and it is, like I said before, Johnny Depp has an insane range. Um, and a movie that is still rather wacky, but on a different side of things. Eh, maybe not too far off, but I say you watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, Ooh. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. definitely a big 180 yeah. from this performance, for yeah. sure. Also based off of a book. So exactly. you feel like Johnny Depp like, movies based off of Both of these movies of make novels. you feel like you're on drugs. Nice. So. True. Yeah. S- switch from, like, so this movie, you do, like, absinthe <laughs> and LSD, and then Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you do, like, <laughs> whiskey and crack. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your pairing like, the for transition. these movies. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. <laughs> um. So I was really leaning into the sort of ominous, timeless nature of the okay. setting of this movie. And it's like quite like the costumes, the the technology, the way people speak. It's just like all quite not lining up. And I say you watch the Jim Carrey mm. series of unfortunate events movie. I know it's honestly, it's not my favorite. I do prefer the TV series mm-hmm. because I'm a huge fan of the books, and I think the TV series, the Netflix original TV series with mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris is a way better job of capturing the spirit of the books. Um, if, you know, totally different conversation to be had there. But this gives me the same kind of, like, early 2000s. We're doing something a little kooky. We're doing, like, a, you know, quirky, main male, mentally ill character involving children mm-hmm. type beat. Yeah, no situation also maybe i but the the specific thing though is that that movie also is like everyone is dressed like they're in the victorian era but then like somebody drives up in a car and like has a cell phone and it's where are we what the the fuck is going on here yeah where are we when are we um and also yeah like vaguely british but also american type like weird tomfoolery happening there and i just feel like those two movies came out kind of in a Mm -hmm. close range of time and i associate them as like being next to each other in my (laughs) dvd book as a kid if anybody out there also had like a little was there a name for those like a little book that you put i know what you're talking about but i have no idea if there's a name for them i think i my parents still have i had one made of denim and it had a little pocket on the outside it looked like a pair of jeans it was very cute i had that one then i had a spider-man one and um, they hold all of our DVDs. And whenever the power goes out now, it's, like, very handy to have, like, all of the Lord of the Rings movies on DVD. Because you're like, yes, we have an entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. The generator can run. The generator. Not the cable. At the very but least. 
No, you're it's right. It's good to have DVDs. Very uh, true. You know, revert back um, to tradition. Uh, but yeah, Series of Unfortunate Events was my only suggestion. I guess maybe also either you can go Freddie Highmore or Anna Sophia Robb in the way of you could watch um, Spiderwick Chronicles mm. or Bridget Terabithia, both very like whimsical from 2000 and whatever energy child actors who are like not yeah. horrible like weirdly um and what would you rate this movie i'm gonna give this movie a mm-hmm. four out of ten because all like all four of those points are basically for like production design deep roy doing the music numbers uh-huh. and like danny elfman's work and other than that i think although this movie is like fun to watch it makes me yeah. too angry to give it anything above a five because mm-hmm. I'm just like, why? Like, why? It, yeah, no. I'm just it, does, it does leave a bit now. of a bad taste in your mouth, to say the least. And that is definitely saying the least. Um, no, I'm sitting at a four as well with you there. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's, it's wacky and it's certainly like a memorable part of my childhood. Like, I remember watching this movie as a young <laughs> kid and thinking that the yeah. visuals were like... Well, like how did they do this? After this, you know, I don't of- need to watch this movie maybe ever again. Maybe for, like, another 20 years. I don't know. Right. It's one of the, like, it's going to have to, yeah, dissipate from my memory. And then I'm going to be like, that's a uh-huh. weird one, huh? Let's put it on. But, yeah, I think I was ma- probably an yeah. early teenager the last time I watched this. And now I'm in early 20s. So let's give it until <laughs> we'll I'm, like, 34. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we'll come yeah. back around to it. I know it'll it. only have aged worse. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So... Thank you, everyone, for listening. We have a giveaway. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, I... Yes, last week we asked all of you um, what (laughs) song you'd want the band from School Rock to play. There were some really good ones. And we got some... A lot, a lot of amazing answers. Yeah. All of you who said uh-huh. all too well Taylor's 10-minute version, I just, like, huge shouts out to all of you. Um, and then also we got a lot of people yeah. saying Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo songs, which was also a very funny answer. Uh, okay, I took a little <laughs> screenshot, so... Give me a second to I love whoever said Judas number. by Lady Gaga. <laughs> Just hearing Jack Black do the ew. Okay. Um, roll a number between 1 and 25. 1 and 25. Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, you're really showing up for these. Um, all right. 18. Okay. Adam L. Cook, who said WAP, which is a great answer. <laughs> um, so, okay. Adam L. Cook, um, WAP, great answer. You've won our giveaway. I'll be mailing you some stickers and whatnot. Um, we try to do a giveaway every month, even though most of our merch now is through a distributor, which is super cool. So if you want to check it out, it's on the link on our website, but it'll also be in the description below. It's also on Etsy. That's like the platform we put it out on. So if you want to just go on Etsy and search the Swamp Podcast, uh, it'll probably come up. Um, but we've got t-shirts, mugs, stickers, lots of cool stuff. Also, not all of it is, like, swamp-specific. Some of it is just fun, uh, like, designs related to movies. So as the holidays are approaching, if you have a friend who loves, I don't know, Sister Act and smoking weed, you can get them the Dream Blunt Rotation Tote Bag or something like that. And then also keep your eyes peeled. For the rest of the month, we'll be doing snow movies, but also we have something really fun coming mm-hmm. up with a... Uh, a podcast from Australia. We made some pod friends. You will finally get a guest who's not like my mom for once. We do. We love Jen. Trust we love me. Jen. But 
it's it's exciting to um, have actual podcasters. So sometime later this month, we'll be doing a joint episode with the podcast Three Tickets Two. They're from Australia and they're really cool. And we'll be doing a Marvel movie little situation. So look out for that. But then for the rest of the month, we'll be just doing snow movies. <laughs> so bear with us. <laughs> Also, uh, nothing's really set in stone yet, so if you have a particular snow movie that you're, like, really jazzed to hear us talk about, or if you can, like, find, like, the most niche, like, there's one scene in one movie that has snow in it and you want to tell us about it, like, please do, because we'll mention it, because I think that's just fucking funny. Uh We're really Um, grasping here. Yeah. (laughs) Or if you have themes for the future months, we always do try to make our months a theme. So if you have theme ideas or movie ideas, um, please DM us. All of our social info is in the description below. We really appreciate all of you guys listening. I'm sorry we picked such a fucked movie this week. Honestly, it just was like uh, Snow, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory. But then I was like, oh, God, racism and colonialism. God, we're going to have to tackle some big issues this week. (laughs) But anyways, thank you guys Um, so much for listening as always. Yeah, and good night to all, and to all, a good night.